Oh, I like a bit of discharge in the morning, morning. Like a bit of discharge in the morning. I like a bit of discharge in the evening, evening. Like a bit of discharge in the evening. I don't like discharge at any other times of day. I assure you, this is just protocol. Nothing to worry about, says the agent, as he ushers you through the full-body scanner. You wonder if he's telling the truth. The truth, much like my wife's understanding of common decency, is a hard thing to come by these days. Despite Jack Nicholson insisting that you wouldn't be able to handle it, you would love to give some of that sweet, sweet truth a try. In fact, you're kept awake at night, dreaming of the truth, wanting to sample its delicious nectar. But I digress. You are ushered through by the agent and continue down the hallway. The walls around you are lined with framed portraits of history's greatest agents, such as Agent Smith from The Matrix and Agent Orange from the Vietnam conflict, to name just a few. I know you're retired, but I want you to understand that we don't want this either, the agent continues. You wouldn't have contacted you if it wasn't out of complete necessity. God damn the man knew how to wear a pair of sunglasses. You briefly wonder if he was given any sunglasses-wearing classes during his training, but ultimately decided to Google it later and focus on the task at hand. The agent ushers you into an elevator and steps in behind steps in behind you. You begin descending rapidly, shooting further and further into the earth, like bodily waste being sucked into a sewer. What you're about to see hasn't ever been seen by a member of the public. This is a clearance level one facility. The doors open before you, a vast and sprawling hall. It is filled with people dressed in horrifyingly formal attire, all of them charging about, clutching documents to their chests. Your eyes begin to wander upwards. There are animals and robotic abominations in every crevice and cranny. This is the absolute pinnacle of human achievement, says the agent, as you continue to take in the sights before you. Our back wall encompassing a huge and decoratively uneconomical space. I hope you fully appreciate what you're witnessing here today, said the agent. Damn, those sunglasses looked good. There, before you, was a giant pictorial effigy of three men. Three excellent and immensely funny men. Jordan Reynolds, James Bosson, and Robbie Owen. The agent faces you and takes off his damn stylish and frankly magnificent sunglasses. Beneath them, his eyes are as vast and indescribable as a pair of eyes that are vast and indescribable. Finally, he says it and ushers you into the operation. Welcome to verbal discharge. <laughs> Welcome to Verbal Discharge. What? Can I just, just, just on that introduction, the list of um, agents available. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering whether some of my favourite agents were on the list. Uh, what what so, were your favourite so agents? The Elite Beat agents, were they there? Were um, they present? I think they were, but they were kind of tucked away and their picture was hung in like a supply cupboard next to some brooms. Right, okay. Michael Caine in The Ipcrest File, the man who <laughs> caught you the most delicious meal that you have ever eaten. Was was he there? Was he there? I believe he was, yeah. Yeah, he was. He, he took pride place and dead centre on the left wing. And um, Aaron Cross, the star of everyone's favourite Bourne movie, The Bourne Lag- Legacy. Was the Bourne Legacy. The Bourne Legacy. Did they have a really bad internet it's, connection? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's why Matt Damon wasn't in it. He couldn't get the Skype call on um, it. He wasn't there. He, he didn't make the, uh, oh. the, the final hallway agent cut. But on that note, and on the note of um, me doing a terrible American accent, it, we should say... 
Mm? Hello. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to Verbal Discharge. That's what this is. Robbie, introduce yourself. Hello. I, w- I was the, the last Magnificent Man listed there. Um, I am fairly magnificent. And as James just, just said, I've, I've got a name, uh, but I won't say it again. On a scale of sort of, in fact, no, not on a scale. If you were to gauge how magnificent you were as yes. a percentage, what percentage would be magnificent and what percentage oh. would be just sort of standard? Well, um, I like to think I'd have, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to say 100% because I, don't want, I want people to be able to relate to me on a human level. And I feel if I said 100%, which is the honest answer proven by science, um, then they wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't relate to the fact that I am, I am just like them. Which I am in many ways, um, but just more magnificent. So much better. Yes. So much more magnificent. And on from one magnificent gentleman to the other. Hello, I'm Jordan, um, the first, which I feel privileged to be in that list. Quite all right, quite all right. A little bit about my background. When I was unearthed from the um, blood diamond mines (laughs) in, in, um, I don't know, Telford, (laughs) <laughs> from a, a diamond, the famous the, blood, the famous di- blood that my, <laughs> diamond mines mines Telford, Telford. from a diamond that was twenty miles in circumference. I remember circumference, <laughs> circumference. I remember seeing the episode of Dispatches that covered these. <laughs> and, and the blood diamond mine. Dispatches. They, they came to Telford, didn't they? Yeah, and time I, team. <laughs> I, I I thought that was a term used for um, youths who youths. are describing things they've used to cover their elbows. Dispatches. Uh, okay, dispatches. move on. Oh, move on. That, that, for those of you listening for the first time, is the tone of the program. Jordan, I continue. F- I feel it's only fair now that James introduces himself being the coordinator of one of our most grandiose intros <laughs> ever. Um, hi, I'm James. Um, I own a face. That's more oh. or less all there is to me. Um, I think I think that that's the main concept. If they grasp that I have a face. Then I think they're they're pretty good to go with the, the rest of the program. Right. The problem with this is we're on radio right now, so they have no proof we have anything but voices. However, if you listeners do want to see our faces, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> and why would they want to do that? You can find them on our Facebook page. Do you, think, is, do you think people who've never seen us before kind of just think we're blank faces? To be honest, I'm growing increasingly sceptical that any of us exist. <laughs> As far as they're aware, we're just voices emanating out of their computers. I sometimes wonder if people who've only listened to us confuse us. I wonder if I'm the larger northern one rather than the short, hairy one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't actually indicated on the Facebook page as to which one we are. And I let, Sorry, I described you as the large northern one, as though in your appearance that comes across. No, that, that, I think that's apt. I mean, I, I think looking at pictures of myself quite often, like my, my main message or the main feeling I take yes. in the pictures is, Wow, I'm a lot bigger than everyone else there. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting. It, it's, yeah, it, it's quite nice. I feel like a Goron from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> and I, I eat boulders. And I am, I am the, the child version of Link, whereas Jordan, in fact, is the adult edition. Am, am I the adult edition of Link? Yeah, you you're, you're like me when I grow up. <laughs> when I play the song of time, oh, you're and what I, go I become. I back to the windmill and find the guy who's committed suicide. Is that? Do you think that makes up the age difference between the two of you? At some point, you're just going to hibernate for seven years, <laughs> and then at one point, an elderly man will wake you up in a temple, and all of a sudden, you're Jordan. Everyone and everything will be full of zombies. I'll be in Telford, <laughs> <laughs> oh. in their blood diamonds dispatches mine. 
But um, to actually address the issue, <laughs> if you do want to find us on Facebook, you can find that at facebook.com slash verbal discharge. Robbie, how, where else can they find uh, us? They can find us on Twitter. We're at Verb Dis Radio because some jammy so-and-so took verbal discharge already. The swine. But we're at yeah um, Verb Dis Radio to reiterate that. And we've also got a WordPress and stuff that you can just search through that to find us there. Magnificent. But yeah, we're here for the next um, two hours. We're on five until seven. Well, less than two hours now. Next... About, about an hour and 52 minutes, to be precise, if we really, really want to get down to it. But yeah, cheers for listening. Jordan, give us one word to usher us into the programme. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. No words coming to my head, so someone else do it quickly. Robbie. Fish. It's a wonderful evening here with the cast of Verbal Discharge. And another thing that I feel it is worth mentioning, that's not the version of the song that I thought it was, if that makes sense. You were expecting the, the pre-recorded version, the, the, the produced version. Do you mean the studio version? The studio the, version. To use that's the, the one I was looking for. The, the correct term. One thing that I do feel is also worth mentioning, and we'd be interested to see if any of you guys got this. When we were on the way to the studio, obviously mm-hmm. we were talking about sort of people who'd come to your primary schools and educate you about the things, and we were talking about um, the, the, the hedgehogs that yes. used to tell you to be careful of roads. Uh, yeah. Did you guys ever have... And I'd be interested to see how far this thing went. I knew that it was around in the northwest. Mm-hmm. There was a man who came around to schools in a big van, and he had a puppet of a giraffe. And you'd... Oh. Do you remember this? I think I might have... I, I might have it's this ringing, is ringing bells. Yes. And yeah. Sort of, I think every other year, your class would get the opportunity, and you'd go into this van, and a man yes. would talk to you through <laughs> a giraffe and yes. just tell you not to do drugs. Yes, <laughs> yes, the... the Drug giraffe. Did the you, drug giraffe. Did, did you ever have the bloke who came round to your primary schools with a briefcase full of actual drugs? And um, this isn't no. going anywhere dodgy. <laughs> no. This isn't going anywhere dodgy. It was in like glass perspex, but in his in his briefcase. So he had a perspex <laughs> window inside of his briefcase, which is pretty impressive. And he came around and he went, this is what all these drugs look like. Don't ever take any of them. What do you think he did when he finished? <laughs> I don't, I don't, he had a hell of a time after I don't this. think that's appropriate. He's just sat in his van just hitting the meth. <laughs> what if this is um, you know, Pulp Fiction? What if this is what the briefcase contained? It what, was just, drugs it was edu- from Telford? It was an education of Telford drug awareness. Did drugs from Telford shine gold? Uh, I don't know, yes. did they? You, you saw them. <laughs> was this man Samuel L. Jackson? Um, he did have a very nice fro and he did want my burger. I'll be be honest, that didn't go where I uh, expected it to. When you said, oh yeah, there was a guy who came around with a suitcase full of drugs. (laughs) Hey there, primary school kids, do you want some of the good stuff? And he's got a trench coat. (laughs) No, it's it's just the canteen, no, the the non-canteen own brand milk. (laughs) 1% fat. Well, yeah. you remember, did you ever get forced to drink milk in yes. little cartons? Yeah, forced because, yes, to drink milk? Because you had to have your parents' permission not to drink yes. milk. You had to have signed permission for your parents not to drink milk. So if your parents didn't care about you and you were allergic to milk, then you would possibly die. <laughs> it's I'm... like the opposite of... It doesn't happen in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, does it? No. There's no scene no. where they force Charlie to drink milk. <laughs> the, uh, the, comp- the company that provided all of the uh, food and cuisine that we'd feed to the kids at my primary school had a mascot called Clever Cat. And it was about, he was clever and you'd make healthy dietary choices. (laughs) Um, And one day, when I think I was in year six, Clever Cat came to the school Mm. and it turned out it was just one of the dinner ladies in a big costume. (laughs) And one of the children, I won't name him, beat up Clever Cat. Beat up Clever Cat? Beat 
clever cat down. It was the, the gentleman in question was already quite sizable for his age, and it was quite a petite dinner lady. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I, I recall kids diving on clever cat. <laughs> and we had a. Uh, Oh, anyway, that that was an interesting thing. I, you, oh, sorry, no, go, on. go, 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 go. I was going to say, did you have a big assembly afterwards? Because whenever anything went wrong in our school, they would gather oh, yeah. everyone together, and it would make it would be the whole school's fault. The whole school's yeah. fault, and it would be like, right, you're all staying here an hour after school. Did that ever happen to you? Whenever there was a fight with a local school, whenever yeah, there'd be there'd be a gang of people would go and gang up on Oldman White Secondary School and take them down. Take them, take them down. That's it, Oldman White. We're taking you down a peg. Yep. I've got an image of sort of a Gangs of New York thing, and you're there on the front lines of all these primary school kids, and you've got a top hat on, and yep. one of your eyes it's is made of glass. Blade. I, <laughs> I am Daniel Day Lewis. Interesting fact. That's the uh, conclusive. He's just yeah. He's currently in character. He, I refer to him third person. I, myself, I am currently in character, preparing for my latest role as a short, hairy, beardy man. I'm not sure quite how we've got onto this, but a running theme of the show already has been identity. There's been a lot of who <laughs> are you, Robbie's Daniel Day-Lewis, um, Jordan came from a mine in Telford. You're looking forward to my next link about identity, the John Cusack film from 2003. Was that a film? It was yes, rubbish. It was, very, it was terrible. It was, it was rubbish. What, um, what was the general gist? Basically, it's a murder mystery thing. And the twist at the end, spoilers if you care, which you, you shouldn't, um, Spoiler, at the end, it turns out right right at the start, we see a scene of like a fat balding man right. who is kind of he's in a prison or something, and then it cuts to John Cusack walking around a like um, it, what is it a motel? Yeah, kind of okay. trying to find right. like, a murder mystery thing. Everything's raining. It's all really atmospheric. Everything is raining. Everything's raining. Everyone's Everything. eyes on the cast Even, for yeah. being in such a terrible film. Their <laughs> eyes are just raining. Otherwise, vending known machine, as weeping. <laughs> vending machines. They rain. Cars. They're raining. Everything's raining. It's raining men. Um, Hallelujah. So, so, yeah, John Cusack spends the whole thing trying to work out who it is. And then at the end, it cuts away um, to... I think Patricia Arquette's in it, actually, as well. But never mind. Um, (laughs) It it cuts away back to this fat boarding man who was sort of sat in a room, at which point he goes, It's me! They're all me! I killed myself! I'm all of these! I've got multiple personality disorder, and I believe that I'm... I'm all of these people, including John Cusack, who's trying to solve the mystery, and all the people that are involved in the mystery, everyone that's dead, and it's just a bit rubbish. It's a totally unsatisfying ending because you don't. There's no way of predicting it other than seeing that opening shot and going, "Oh, also, oh, that's going to be." It sounds pretty shocking. You've got, you've got to think about it. if he's everyone in that film, mm. then nothing ever took place. Yeah. Oh. And so, does he, does <laughs> what he a kill, twist! Does he kill himself then? I what believe... happens when he when he strangles one of the people in his head? Does he still continue thinking in Wait. there? Or why is... didn't he just have all of them commit mass suicide, sort of Jonestown style? Sorry, is uh, uh, when you said that he was sort of everyone, did, did he kill them and then sort of take on their personalities? Or was just every character in the film him? Every character, every character. was in his head. It, the whole film took place in his imagination. It was basically, you've just had a dream, okay? I dreamt that, I, that this happened, and then they went, oh, I've had a dream last night, you know what I'll do? I'll make a movie. Yeah, it, it was a glorified, and then they woke up and it was all a dream yeah. ending. It was oh, oh, that sounds terrible. It's not even yeah. cliche. It's it transcends the realms yeah. of cliche. Is this the part where the phone rings and we get contacted by John Cusack's lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you've been, I, I imagine this is how John Cusack's lawyer sounds. You've been saying things about identity. It <laughs> was a modern and classic. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not quite sure where that was going or where no, that I came from. I don't think anyone holds that film in high enough regard to no. consider the lawyers. We could probably play the entire soundtrack for the next two hours and no one would care. <laughs> and for more of that soundtrack, stay tuned. <laughs> so, on a scale of one, two, let's say five, how much do you like David Bowie? Jordan, first. Ooh, I have to give him a 4.9 because a I'm, 4. Ever, 9. I'm ever the critic. No one's perfect. Okay, I'm going to give him a 4.2. A 4.2? 4.2. What's happened to the other 0.8? Um, they uh, all went when I, I lost all of my trust of him when he said to me, James, wait here, be back in five, bring your sandwich. Never saw him again. I you know that was, a, that was a pretty swinish move. It was a hellish weekend, let me tell um, you. Okay, so I was on that thinking about... I was thinking about this. I was trying to rank where I would think of David Bowie in terms of out of five. Okay. Um, and then I thought, hold on, there's enough way I could rank him out of five. An easier way, seeing as a, a infinite decimal point scale was okay. too difficult. Right. I thought, who are my five favourite people called David Bowie? <laughs> right. And so I'm now going to run you through my top five people called David Bowie. I am fascinated to see... The other four, <laughs> basically. So, number five on my countdown of top te- top five people called David Bowie is David Bowie. Oh, man. I did not see that. I, I yeah. really like his name. I think he's just got a great name. It's, it's, it's David Bowie. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the finest names. Pretty that... damn superb. I can't think of someone called David Bowie who's got a better name than David Bowie. Mm, exactly. Uh, moving on to number four, it's Kristen Wiig. <laughs> um... <laughs> Who I just think is pretty great, and um, she's she's also called. She's Dave. not called David Bowie. It's a technicality, right? Um, okay, I just okay. thought has she got know, the spirit of Bowie within her. Yeah, she's basically David Bowie. She's basically called David Bowie, isn't she? She won the I mean, Spirit of Bowie Award in the annual Bowie Olympics. <laughs> so the Bowie Olympics, the best yeah, Bowie there, balls. there aren't any actual competitions. Uh, David Bowie just kind of messes around in his garden, and people going looking. Oh, it's the Bowie Olympics. <laughs> At one point, he throws a rock. In order to uh, win, you need excellent sound and vision. Uh, <laughs> Didn't work at all. Oh, um, hey, hey. No, okay. Is there a medal for only dancing? For John, John, I'm only dancing. For like ballroom dancing. Let's move like, on. Dancing. Okay, I could be here all day. Uh, moving on. Number three. I mean, Kristen Wiig, pretty great. Uh, number three is James Cameron, who I don't really like James Cameron, but I thought I'll put him on the list because he's called David Bowie. Okay. Uh, number two is trigonometry. Trigonometry. <laughs> trigonometry. As in the mathematical... It's in the mathematical theory. Concept, what concept. would you call it? We don't know this. We're creative writing students. <laughs> not, not the person that trigonometry was named after then. <laughs> not Bob Trigonometry. No, 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 no. It was like, what's his name? Like, Harry Trigonometry. Harry Trigonometry. Yeah, that's the one. Harry Trigonometry. That sounds like a kid's TV programme. Harry Trigonometry. It sounds like the sort of thing that they'd put on one, like when your maths teacher's off. Hey, kids, let's talk about triangles. <laughs> 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 My favourite teacher in secondary school was Mr. Trigonometry. Mr. Trig. And he'd, he'd come in, but he, he was a bit more like, uh, you know, you know, a bit, a bit cool, one of the younger teachers. And he'd be like, yo, kids, ah. it's me, Mr. Triggs, in it. <laughs> Everyone. No, exactly. That was my, my favourite rapper I was going to move on to is Mr. The Triggs. The, the Triggs. Uh, yeah. He, his name is actually uh, Rupert Trigonometry. Is it spelled T-R-Y-G-Z? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Triggs. I, I thought his first album, Pythagoras' Theorem, was particularly good. Yo, kids. Ready to find some angles on some triangles? I'm here all day to look for the angle, the inverse on the triangle. Oh, yeah. 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Superb, 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 brilliant, superb. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant work. stuff, Triggs. 
That, that's trigonometry, my second favorite person called David Bowie. Moving on to yeah. number one. Moving on to number one, which is uh, David Bowie. I mean, I just think uh, he's pretty great. Um, see, I, I wouldn't have guessed he'd, he'd come that highly. I thought maybe fourth, possibly third, if he really tried his luck. Yeah. But. I was thinking number one would be like Farrah Abraham's, you know, teen mom or something like that. Yeah. No, I thought about her, but then I thought, no, just don't put it in the top five at all. I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. It was it was first or nothing really for her. Yeah. It was much like my entry in the Bow Olympics, uh, where I was narrowly beaten by Kristen Wiig, uh, star <laughs> of Saturday Night Live and, and trigonometry. And, and no trigonometry wasn't actually competing that year. You know, doing a different event. You know how at the actual Olympics in 2012 in London, yes. when they were doing like the, the ceremonies and they were giving the medals and things, they, they played Heroes by Bowie over the stadium speakers. Mm-hmm. Do you think in the Bowie Olympics they played some of Triggs' music? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. David Bowie's there. Oh, this is my jam. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Ben when we need him? Oh, Ben, if you're listening, we need you. So, yeah, is there anything else we need so to the, contribute? So the, the key thing there was Ben, uh, who's our occasional host, does a good bit David Bowie impression. He does I a magnificent Bowie impression. Ne- next time we have him on... He will do this impression for us. We'll we have an promise entire, you. An entire link and we just have him talk as David Bowie. Did we just give a sort of coming up next time? On yeah. the- oh, wow. <laughs> Is this the first time we've ever done that? We've, we've actually announced what we're going to do previously. That or, said... Or in the future. Yeah. That said, I haven't read out the full letter from Keira Knightley yet. <laughs> what we're going uh, to do previously. <laughs> what we're going to do previously. Coming up last time. <laughs> Jar- Jordan Jarden, whoever <laughs> Right, Jordan. I, I, I cannot words <laughs> effectively. So, speaking of David Bowie, here's a bit of the main man himself performing his seminal hit, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust. Oh, yeah. In light of the um, recent gun trouble in America. <laughs> <laughs> There's a starting sentence for you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. right. So I, I've been looking around on the internet, and um, in, a, in an American school, in Texas in particular... Right, a, of course it will be. Um, there was one boy who was suspended for two months. What do you think? What do you think is worth being suspended for for two months? Um, for anyone that no, wouldn't have listened to last week's show because it didn't go out live... Um, but last week I established that Polish schools have banned Winnie the Pooh. Mm. So uh, because, it's, because Pooh. it's nude. Yeah, so bringing an image of Winnie the Pooh, I'd say that's what you banned for yeah. two weeks, Any two idea? months. Um, I don't know if I can answer this Oh, one. yeah, because I think because I've already Because you've told already you. told me. Oh, okay. But well, I, will, I will guess... You'll throw it. Um, he burnt an effigy of Philip Seymour Hoffman in, oh. a, in a science lesson. That oh, is no, you, that, that's you, suspendable forever. That, yeah, that, that's far more than that. Well, depending on what, just to Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman generally, or in this particular film, in particular role. Uh, just Philip Seymour Hoffman in general. Yeah. Okay. The general Hoffman. No, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as that. He had a pop tart, just a strawberry pop tart. No, that's. I'm sorry, that's outrageous. And he chewed it into the shape of a gun and pointed it at another pupil. Were that's, we, were that's, we given that's any like indication of how? I mean, did he get like a rough handgun shape, um, or did no, he like it, perfectly he, nibble he, a Kalashnikov? They've they <laughs> took, took a picture of it. It looks like a Smith and Wesson forty-four. 
big Fair revolver. Point. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. He, he even he even made indents in the icing where the barrel would be, you know, the rotation where the barrel holds the bullets. That's admirable. They, they shouldn't be like he shouldn't be suspended. It's like you know when someone breaks into um into NATO, like hacks into NATO security systems and they give them a job. Oh, yeah. like, someone from a gun company should go we're having that kid. I like his artistic flair so I thought what else is <laughs> this is, sorry that's assuming the school is a gun company <laughs> it's kind of a that's, that it, sounds like a satirical point yeah, the conversation that happens in the office when they've gone into the kitchen to get some coffee you sold you hear about that kid the Tudor Smith and Wesson out of the <laughs> so, well let's get him in what else isn't allowed in US schools. So I looked I looked around on the internet and I actually got I, these aren't personal polls by me these are polls by the um, the Daily Mirror. Oh okay. but um you you're getting here a snippet of what the UK public thinks to these. Evolution is been being banned from taught in in all American schools now. Darwinism they they they're not allowed to teach about all. it. All 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 American schools. So um, the the poll here goes: Should evolution be banned in schools? Eighty-eight percent of the public said no. It's science. Twelve percent replied yes. It is evil. Wow. But uh, Obama believes in evolution. So how has that got through? Considering he has the power of veto. I don't know. This I... is this is turning into a U.S. politics uh, podcast seminar radio show. Yeah. The the game ta- tag. Really? The game tag is banned now in all American schools. How come? Dob, um, I called it. Because, the reason, because yeah, take the, the game, dob. yeah, the game can lead to slapping, pushing and hitting instead of just tapping. Well, well so can discussing fish. One second. 24% of the public said, I said, tag should be banned in schools. The reason, the, the title of what the poll that they, they voted for, 24% okay. said, yes, it could kill your child. <laughs> It could kill your child. And oh, how aggressive man. is the slapping, and the tagging? 76% of the public said, no, it's just a game. See, I used to, um, I basically, I used to run, uh, I used to be involved in running a beaver group, as in beaver scouts. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. as in a colony of. Were you a beaver leader? Tooth. Yes, I was. Yeah. Not, I wasn't a colony of big toothed um, animals. <laughs> Mammals. Yes. Um, how, yeah, basically, Dob was the only game we could play with them. Because I used to do these, I, I there were a number of games I remember playing when I was a nipper, when I was a beaver, a nipper, and all of them were now banned for health and safety reasons. So you couldn't have them stand on chairs, you couldn't do anything sort of involving buckets in case they suffocated on a, with a bucket. How do you suffocate with a bucket? I don't know. These are the points <laughs> I would raise. You know what the thing is, because these are banned, presumably at some point down the line. A beaver, and by that I mean a child, suffocated himself with a bucket. Yeah. That is an admirable that level is, of ineptitude and stupidity. Like, fair play to you. You are the, the father Dougal of the world. Third, third thing that's banned. In, in, it's only in three schools across mm-hmm. the USA. Um, in California, one in Texas, and I think one in M- Mississippi. Right. Um, okay. Dictionaries have been banned in schools. Dictionaries. Okay. 18% voted that they should be banned, the the public, over here, saying, yes, they have naughty words on them. The reason... The first <laughs> oh, the first dear. school to ban it was in California, and it's because the teachers found the phrase oral sex in it. And then a parent found the offending phrase and sued the school. But that... how else are kids going to learn how to spell things? Or, <laughs> or spell what things oral mean? sex? Yes. I like the, no, so you did it, it... I'm assuming, but from the way you said it, it read oral sex in it. <laughs> <laughs> teaching them just poor poor grammar 
poor words. To, that's that's why there's so many people speaking like that these days. <laughs> these days. These days. Oh my days. What accent was that meant to be? It was Peter Capaldi in the new Paddington Bear movie. <laughs> is, is Peter Capaldi in the new Paddington yeah, yeah. Bear movie? And yes, he, he does. Is. He does that accent. He goes. He speaks a bit like this. He's sort of his grumpy neighbour. Uh, Point four. The entire of Los Angeles has banned Jamie Oliver. <laughs> fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah, fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah, I, I can stand by that one. No more need be said. After even after parents, schools, and children and companies complained about him, he can no longer visit any schools in the Los Angeles area. area. I'm, I'm all for this one. <laughs> I, I can he get can behind no this. It's not like his books have been back. He the can best, no- <laughs> Sorry, the best part is. 61% of people voted that he should be banned from all schools. He banned Turkey Twizzlers and he is evil. Oh, is that what? Right? BBC figure from schools is for a very different reason. Um, this one's only for actually for getting rid of Turkey Twizzlers rather than uh, using them. Continue. Where, do, where do you think you get the Twizzlers from? I mean, I mean, like if you were cutting up a bee. Turkey. The, black, Turkey, no, no, the no, country no, of Turkey. Bee, Black oh, mar- is in the Turkish Twizzlers. <laughs> the Turkish black market on Turkey Twizzlers. <laughs> um, and the last one, which you can understand slightly, but not for the reasons it's been put down, is hugging at school. Children right. are no longer allowed to hug, hug each other. At Mascuta Middle School, I think that's how you say it, Mascuta Middle School. My scooter. Um, yeah. Not my scooter, ma has scooter. Your scooter. Sorry, your scooter. Yeah. Um, you get three days of detention for hugging your friends. But why? Because displays of affection should not occur on the school campus at any time. It is in poor taste, reflects poor judgment, and brings discredit to the school. What? Displays of affection for other people? Yes. Are they going to ban sort of friendly pats on the backs next? Well, talking to each other. Not allowed. No unacademic exchanges of words, please. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, kids. We talk about Plato. But I, <laughs> but I am for my main interests are Lego and yogurt. Your main interests <laughs> should be the Aristoya and Poe. <laughs> I'd be interested to see if, how kids would take to Edgar Allan Poe. Actually, I, I feel it should be part of primary <laughs> school curriculum. I, I think I've got a pretty good impression of how kids would take to the works of Edgar Allan Poe, as think, in not, not well, particularly well. Yeah. <laughs> I think we read The Raven in year six, you know. Really? Yeah. Is this why you're so well read, Jordan? By, by... <laughs> because you were introduced to the works of Edgar Allan Poe. I did have the by... best year six, year, year six teacher. <laughs> okay. Year six teacher, Mary Baines. She's by, amazing. By by The Raven, do you actually mean the popular CBC <laughs> series Raven? Or even you that's a Raven. A life. Jordan Reynolds are... has three gold rings. <laughs> you have lost a life. Do you remember in that show where they stopped giving them the names of the actual kids and they'd give them like a sort of elemental name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they'd be like, Summer Breeze has collected two feathers. <laughs> Tiger Snow is a flint. <laughs> Tiger Snow. Autumn <laughs> Rainfall is closely trailing. Muddy Landslide. <laughs> Muddy Landslide. <laughs> Is that just like abusing sure one could, of the kids? I couldn't think of any earth elemental kind of names. Actually, I'm sure Muddy Landslide is a character in the new Hunger Games film. Discharge. It's time for every American indie film ever. Here's an indie band playing in the background. Sort of music. It's the establishing shot, just so you know we're in New York City, definitely. Now, interior, house. Mom. 
Oh, hello there, Jason Bateman. It's me, the disillusioned, probably alcoholic mother of whom you desperately disapprove. This time played by Glenn Close. And this is Glenn Close's voice, trust me it is. Now excuse me while I guzzle these pills. Oh, Mom, why are you guzzling those pills? I told you I'm disillusioned. I want to kill myself to highlight that we are a dysfunctional family. Oh, hey, bro, it's me, your fat sister. Oh, hey, Melissa McCarthy. How are you? Fat. Glad to hear it. Should we get the obligatory recreational drug scene out of the way now? It'll just haunt us later on. Nah, we'll wait for Seth Rogen, Jonah, or Jonah Hill, or Will Ferrell, or Owen Wilson, or Jim Carrey, or Steve Coogan, or Bill Murray, or George Clooney, or Robin Williams, R.I.P., or Jim Parsons, or Jeff Bridges, or James Franco, or Sam Rockwell, or Paul Rudd, or Jason Swartzman, or Woody Harrelson, or Hugh Grant's cameo first. Actually, it's Steve Carell in this one. Huh, he's normally above this kind of thing. Right. I'm off to the ice rink or knitting shop or saw my quirky to run into an old schoolmate played by Zoe Kazan, Kirsten Wig, or Greta Gerwig in a bizarre coincidence. Now, in the ice rink or knitting shop or somewhere else quirky. Hey, Jason Bateman! <laughs> oh, hey, Zoe Kazan, Kirsten Wig, <laughs> or Greta Gerwig. What an amazing coincidence to see you again. So, what are you up to these days? <laughs> Oh, I have a job, a money-earning job, a proper job, like people have, you know, the one. Wow, an office job that makes you seem normal, but is never really explained because the director's never worked a day in his life and is out of his depth. One that gives you lots of time so you can do cute things like go paragliding in an attempt to find out who you really are. Actually, I'm up for promotion at the moment. Well... I'm stuck here working in a quirky dream job. Are you married? Actually, I caught my wife sleeping with Vince Vaughn in the opening scene. Well, we should go out, get drunk and have regrettable sex. Fall out, not talk to each other for a bit and eventually get together at the end of the movie sometime. That sounds great. See you around, Jason Bateman. And you, Zoe Kazan, Kirsten Wiggle, or Greta Gerwig. Uh, a shot of Jason Bateman in a suit dangling his legs over a bridge and then a close-up of his face. He looks kind of glum. Now back inside the house. Hey, Jason Bateman. Hey, Jason Bateman. Where have you been? Oh, hey, Tina Fey. I forgot your sitcom ended too. Well, it did, and now I'm going to have to be slutty in this film to show I have range. Where have you been? To see Zoe Kazan, Kirsten Wig, or Greta Gerwig. Oh, I ran into our stern old school teacher played by Alison Janney in a bookshop run by Bill Hader. Boy, she's stern. Hey, it's me, Steve Carell. Do you want me to do a lengthy speech that puts the hero on the right tracks now or later? Go for it. This whole man-child routine is getting old now. Just hurry up and give me all I need to reach the bittersweet ending and get together with Zoe Kazan, Kirsten Wig, or Greta Gerwig in an oh, indie hey. band. Fist pumps watching their new single play over the closing montage. The end, but only after 100 billion, billion, billion more indie song montages and faux inspirational quotes, all somehow crammed into 92 minutes. Verbal discharge. So, um, you can't touch this. And another thing that you can't touch is a certain swimming pool in Falmouth. And the reason that you can't (laughs) touch it... Did you see how how it worked that in there? I did, I did. I mean, anyone listening to the podcast version won't. Um, (laughs) But... It is, it is worth mentioning, we, we did sort of do this last week, but we weren't recording. Um, thank you for Callum Sykes, or to Callum Sykes, for posting this one. Although, interestingly enough, I know Jordan also prepared something revolving <laughs> around the same link. So, you know, great minds think alike. 
Now, this is an interesting Great story. minds read the same news feeds. Um, there's an article that I found on the Falmouth Packet, which is a uh, small sort of publishing... I don't know what you call it. They, they, they do news. A they're reputable a, news company. Yeah. One of those newspapers. Newspapers. The news. Newse. Newse papier. I'm sure newspaper was a smurf. This is now just becoming disgustingly French. <laughs> I shall commentate on the rest of this link in this accent. Okay, right. And you think I am joking? I am not. I, I believe you. I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. But I thought this is interesting. The title of the article I found was Pool Party Pooper Leaves Messy Mystery at Ships and Castles. Pool Party Pooper! <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. A pool Party Pooper! My favourite dish at the restaurant in La Paris. <laughs> Le Paris. Le Paris. La Paris. La Paris. That is disgustingly French. It's too French. I am too French. That I'm... is my name. I am too French. Oh, is it too, too French? Oh. No, it is I, too French. The Frenchest of all the French. All we need now is for you to hold some baguettes and maybe a frog. <laughs> I, I have eaten enough, all of my baguettes. Oh, wow. Oh. Interestingly enough, there's not enough French people in Falmouth. <laughs> that is true. I shall visit the Falmouth and I shall bring with me some frog's legs. A mystery party pooper may force the cancellation of a popular children's event at Ships and Castles Leisure Centre after repeatedly defecating in the swimming pool. The centre's management has put up notices saying it will close the wave rave sessions for 8- to 14-year-olds after recurring instances of finding poo in the pool. Oh. Interestingly, about on the, on the subject of poo, when I was coming down to your house... Um, I know, this isn't to do with me at all, but when I was coming down to my house, my house your house, which I do not own at all, Where's my money? Neither um, do we, actually. <laughs> no, um, we all when I was squat. on the way to your house before this radio session, I walked past a car and I could only assume that somebody had defecated onto the bonnet of this car. Onto the bonnet? Yeah. Onto le bonnet. It was, it was very human inconsistency. So. Do you think you could identify <laughs> like it? Was- was I've broken accent, I've broken character, oh dear. Um, but I will return to it. Or a no, seagull was just having was, a terrible day. <laughs> no, it was very human inconsistency. So yeah. it was a person. It was a person. It was a person. It was. It was. Yeah. Is in is in the consistency of it made it look like. Never mind. Continue speaking. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, somebody had come out either on on a night out and just kind of come back to two doors down from me. This house. Right. And defecated on either their own or somebody else's car. I like the idea that they defecated on their own car. <laughs> that, you know, a, yeah, go on, thought, that's so, a pretty good looking car I've got there. But do you know what would really bring me to life? <laughs> a turd on the bonnet. Let's pimp my car, the new trend. Yo, dog, we heard you lacked pooping on your car, so we've fixed a toilet to... I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> a toilet to the bonnet. <laughs> Staff at the Falmouth Centre have logged several incidents over the past few weeks. Logged. Um, Where a child in the pool has reported floating faecal matter to a lifeguard during the the disco-style events, which feature wave machines and loud music and take place from 6pm to 9pm on Friday nights. Had to plug them there. (laughs) So, so that they don't sue us. I do love the disco style events. The inter- it is my favourite type of disco style feature. The interesting thing about this news story is that the culprit is still at large. <laughs> so, presume, so it could be one of the kids, or maybe someone who sort of used to work there and hated their times at the Wave Rave has, has a vendetta. 
if if I remember from last week when um, we were talking about this, and you'd you'd got it straight from the source, the Falmouth packet. But I oh, went yeah. to the Daily Mail, and the Daily Mail had branded it as a pervert who flung their poo from a distance into That's the pool. Daily Mail for you, just taking other people's articles and making them more detestable. I bet if you came back the following day, they'd say that said pervert was a Labour MP. <laughs> a Labour MP. Ah, <laughs> Daily Mail. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that might sue us over the course of this broadcast. The Daily Mail being the latest one. <laughs> and... John Cusack's lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely getting into. It. I can't remember the voice. Oh, I'm John Cusack's lawyer. It's like Winston Churchill <laughs> having a stroke. I think that John Cusack is a smelly man, and I think that I would like to defecate on him and his car. It is understood that the offender has also struck in the changing rooms and in the toilets at the pool. Why? <laughs> Why are they flagging up the toilets as being an issue? Surely that's the place you'd want him to do it. Unless he's done it like on the seat, which is just annoying. He, 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 obviously, it's negative reinforcement, isn't it? And it's gone wrong. They, they, he accidentally missed a bit and got up on the seat, and they were like, "No, you are a bad man." And he said, "Well, I'll just I'll take it away from the toilets because that's not what I should be doing." In my <laughs> mind, they've they've had a staff meeting, and the managers said, "Like, right, everyone, we've got someone. He's defecating into all the bodies of water in the leisure centre." And oh, we found another one, chief. There's one in the toilet. And he's gone, damn it. <laughs> right, no, the other thing Struck is... Struck again. They've somehow worked out that it's his poo and not someone else's <laughs> in the toilet. So have they ran it through DNA tests? I, I have they, know, Robbie, Have they but... brought in, like, John Cusack, the forensic investigator, I'll, to, 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 to test this? I'll see if I can find any updates and we'll return to this next week and see <laughs> what else we can learn about the phantom <laughs> pooer. <laughs> Uh, a spokesperson said, Last week, when it happened again, we closed the pool, which was very disappointing and inconvenient for all of our customers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I really like the image of them having to put up a sign saying, Sorry, the wave rave, the wave rave is closed. Someone's pooed in the pool again. Inconvenient for our customers. As though, like, I was going to go, I, well, I was going to go straight through the swimming pool in order to get to work. But now I'm going to have to take the motorway. It's going to take me 40 more minutes. So inconvenient. <laughs> it's such a hassle. Um, the final thing, just to round this article off, spot the pun. Okay. The company is trying to get to the bottom. Company, that's a pun. Yes. The company is trying to get to the bottom of things with new <laughs> measures, including increasing surveillance by staff and recording the details of anyone attending the session. To summarise... Did the, did the staff sit on pool, stools? Haha. Ha. Oh. I'm, I'm bringing I'm, the whole thing down. I am actually done. Let us talk about the big issues of the day. Does God exist? Where does the universe come from? And verbal discharge. Hello, and you're welcome... Hello, indeed. Uh, you're <laughs> you're uh, listening to Verbal Discharge. With Ice it's... Cube joining us in the studio, <laughs> apparently. We've just gone, it's just gone six o'clock. You can get in touch with us at Verb Dis Radio on the Facebook page, Verbal Discharge, uh, just to get in touch with us, blah, blah, blah. So you can send us news stories you think, send us things to discuss. Uh, you can tell us, hey, you're great, you're brilliant, I want to marry you, etc. And we can just beat you off for the. the uh, we can, we can, we, we have that, to. That beat took them an off. interesting turn. <laughs> okay, I'll move on to something else now. I didn't sign up to this. I wasn't aware we were required to do these things when um, I joined the team. Okay, so uh, I'm going to... There was a, a story in the news last week. Came right. Um, I Basically, you know Donkey Kong? Yeah, and I'm, I'm aware know, of him. We've mentioned earlier, actually, you mentioned um, Clever Cat. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo, um, well, it was be last year, I think now. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they were promoting the port of uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns to 3DS. Okay, a timeless um, classic. Yeah, it is very good. And they were promoting this. It was at the time, so this has actually come out quite a way on. And they hired a actor to go inside the Donkey Kong costume. Right. This actor was Parker Mills, which isn't a name, um, <laughs> <clears throat> from California. And yeah, he was hired to stand around Los Angeles Zoo in a Donkey Kong costume. And confusing the other gorillas or... Oh no, he's just sort of walking around and he had the opportunity to have a photo taken or so what? on. Why is, why is that gorilla got there's a tie on? There's a brilliant gif, which I think Ashley will tweet from the Twitter account, um, of where he bursts out and no one's expecting him from this thing. And all the kids kind of start crying and they're just shocked. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't know it was going to happen from that day. However, that isn't the big thing that's come out of this. There has been Parker Mills in the last week. Um, he, so yeah, he's hired his attorney, Tyler Barrett. Right. Uh, to sue Nintendo okay. after he suffered a serious heart condition inside the suit. Oh, no, what a shame. That makes a difference from Nintendo suing everybody else. DK, yeah. Donkey Kong is dead. Which we'll get on to. Um, so uh, the job of playing Donkey Kong became proved too stressful, the attorney said. Uh, first of all, it sounds like a possible work comp injury since it was suffered on the job. Secondly, another reason to... Uh, uh, it's another reason to replace the job with a robot. Right. So you could have a robot playing Donkey Kong. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously... how, how would you do that if he's walking around the zoo as well? Exactly. Have you never seen those like life-size robots that go around to do like dance shows and that sort of stuff? I, I can't say so. But I, I thought can't... they were limited to the Terminator series. <laughs> no, I mean, like they're, you get like breakdancing robots now. Oh, wow. Cool. But it won't pose for photos, will it? Ah, uh, no, have the same it won't. Yeah. It's still pre-programmed. So basically, he came out, um, he, wa- he was denied breaks, and so he ended up sweating and just unable to wee, all kinds of horrible things, ended up suffering because it was a really warm Southern Californian day, um, and just sort of walking around inside the suit was too much for him, oh, and he couldn't do it, and he suffered a, 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 a minor heart condition. Oh, yeah! What a shame. He suffered a minor heart condition. Oh, bless oh, him. Oh, not a minor heart condition. Not not for poor old Donkey Kong. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm sure you're all familiar with the 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 magnum opus that is the DK rap. Certainly am. Certainly, certainly am. Jordan looks bemused and confused. Well, it, <laughs> it turns out for um the. Following uh, Parker Mills' incident, right, he has written his own version of the DK rap. Oh wow! <laughs> so get I, back at them. Or? Yes, which I have unearthed. Ah, oh, brilliant! And you've now done some snooping. I shall now perform Parker Mills' own version of the DK rap. If we can get the sort of beat going, huh, huh. Okay, so uh, do, you want, do you want me to kind of give okay. a, a just general... as we get into the, get into the zone as the DK rap, which is of course there is no beat huh, here. Huh. I'm just drumming on the desk. Here we go. So he's finally here, performing for you. If you know the words, you can join in too. Put your hands together if you want to clap as we take you through this monkey rap. Huh, DK! Donkey Kong! DK! Donkey Kong is here! He's an actor! 
Out of work, you... I've lost the tune. Um, he's an actor. Out of work, you know his name. He's he's finally cast <laughs> to get some cash. His Richard the Third was good in spurts. If he shows you, it's gonna hurt. Ow. He's bigger, faster, and stronger too. He's the first member of the DK crew. Huh, DK. Donkey Kong. DK. Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong is, is here in the ambulance. <laughs> this Kong's got warm, so listen up, dudes. He had a stroke inside the suit. His mood, cha- <laughs> <laughs> His mood changes quickly and nimble. He's quick and nimble when he needs... <laughs> When he needs to pee, he can sweat through the night and never have dreams. If you choose him, you'll not choose wrong with a defibrillator. He's one hard Kong. Huh, DK. Donkey Kong. DK. That doesn't go after this verse. He has no style. He has no grace. This Kong has a funny face. He can be photographed if you want to. He can stretch his arms out just for you. Yeah. <sighs> Suffered aortic dissection just like a balloon. This crazy <laughs> Kong just digs this tune. Huh, DK. Donkey Kong. DK. Donkey Kong is here. He's back again and about time too. And this time... He's in the mood. He can sue real big with his lawsuit on, with his attorney out. He's one rich Kong. He'll make you laugh when he appeals soon. But Nintendo beware, cause he's after you. Huh, DK. Donkey Kong. DK. Donkey Donkey Kong Kong is here. here. He's finally here and he's here for you. It's the last member of the DK crew. This Kong's so weak, it isn't funny. That sunstroke made him cry out for money. He can pick up cancer with relative ease. (laughs) Made the news and hopes for a breeze. He now moves slow. He can't jump high. This Kong's one hell of a whine. Huh. Come on, Cranky. Take it to the fridge. Do do No, really. Put me in the fridge. I'm boiling. Seriously, guys, I got sunstruck. No, no, really, please help me. Oh, thank you, the fridge. Oh, look, items in the fridge. Let's list them. Walnut, peanut, pineapple smells. Grape moot, grapes, oranges. Grape moots. Grape melons. <laughs> Grapes, Grapes, melons, oranges, and coconut shells. Oh, yeah. Walnuts, peanuts, pineapple smells. Grapes, melons, oranges, and coconut shells. Oh, yeah. That's a DK rap as by Parker Mills from uh, Los Angeles. uh, Out of work actor. Thank you very much. Verbal discharge on D1 Radio. It's really good. Why not like our Facebook page? The early morning had rolled in. And the man was sitting at the bench. The man was usually sighted sitting at the bench around this time. As is often known to happen with the man. He is drunk. He is forever remembered by those who live nearby. As... The guy who sits at the bench. You know, that that one that's always drunk and once made a pass at Deborah. 
Heavens above, yes, I do know the one you mean. The one that sits at that bench, you know, always, always drunk and made a pass at Deborah that one time in the morning. Yeah, that's the one. The one that sits at the bench, you know, always drunk and made a pass at Deborah that one time in the morning when we'd had that work do and had just got out of the taxi. Which, which work do was that? The work do with that guy who was stood by the wall, you know, and was really drunk. Heavens above, yes. You mean the one with that guy who was stood by the wall, you know, and he was he was really drunk, so he made a pass at Deborah that time in the evening. Yeah, that's the one. The one with that guy who was stood by the wall, you know, and was really drunk and made a pass at Deborah that time in the evening when we were just ringing that taxi. Yeah, I, I do remember that one. I'm surprised. You were so drunk you started a fight with Bruce from HR and said you were going to reap the blood of his children. Yeah, well, that's why, you know, I don't drink vodka anymore. <laughs> yeah, you really did have a legitimate problem. God, De- Deborah got a lot of attention that evening, didn't she? Well, not really. What do you mean? Well, you know the man who sits at the bench? You know, the one that's always drunk and once made a pass at Deborah. Yeah, oh, heavens above, yes. I do know the one you mean. The one that sits at the bench, you know, um... Always drunk and made a pass at Deborah that time in the morning. Yeah, that's the one. The one that sits at the bench, you know, always drunk and made a pass at Deborah that time in the morning when we had that work do and had just gotten out of the taxi. Yeah, I know him. Well, do you remember that work do? Which work do was that? That work do with the man who was stood by the wall, you know, and, and was really drunk. Oh, heavens above, yes. You mean the one with that guy who was stood by the wall, you know, um, and he was really drunk and he made a pass at Deborah that one time in the morning? Yeah, that's the one. The one with that guy who was stood by the wall, you know, and was really drunk and made a pass at Deborah that time in the evening when we were just ringing that taxi. Yeah, I, I do remember the one. Well, you know the man who sits at the park bench? Yeah, I know him. And do you remember the guy who was at that work, dude, who was stood by the wall? Which guy was he? Uh, the one guy who was at the work doom was stood by the wall and was really drunk. Yes, yeah, so what about them? Same guy. <laughs> Hello, I'm I'm Woody Allen. Um, you're not listening to Verbal Discharge, and I'm not Woody Allen. I don't know how familiar um, our listeners or you two are with Mad Libs. Um, I think as, I've heard of them. Not the, to be um, confused with Mad Limbs, not mad which limbs. is a serious condition that I... No, the thumb! Um, that was that was me doing a visual gag um, on, on and radio. I, right? I then realised I was on radio and yeah. tried to spit out through my voice, it was... and it just sounded <laughs> offensive. But we enjoyed it, and that's yeah. what matters. Well, uh, the Mad Libs is when you um, you create like a little story or something. You leave spaces for verbs and adjectives. Oh and right, and okay, stuff. yeah. And then you put it up on the internet, and you find this Mad Libs website. You press random, and it just fills it in for you. It sure is random. It is sure mad is random. random. All of those crazy words libs that sixteen-year-old girls used to describe themselves. So psychotic <laughs> libs. I've uh, I wrote. You, you know when you see personal ads? Yeah. Uh, in the newspaper, people looking for love. And yeah, I left like a few in that go- song, Pina Colada. I I um. I, I left. Yeah. Actually, Pina Colada is in this. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so. Here it is, with obviously the appropriate things filled in. I enjoy long, professional walks <laughs> on the beach, getting shushed in the rain, and serendipitous encounters with treaties. I really like pina coladas mixed with acid and romantic <laughs> and romantic candlelit shoe racks. I am well read from Dr. Seuss to Bill Gates. I travel frequently, especially to Puerto Rico, where I am when I am not busy with work. In, in parentheses, 
I am a pump operator's except wellhead pumper. <laughs> I am looking for belle and beauty in the form of a Samoan goddess. <laughs> she should have the physique of Michelle Pfeiffer and the dessert of James. I would prefer yes, if she knew how to cook, clean and wash my emphases. I know I'm not very attractive in my picture, but it was taken minus two days ago and I have since become more unequaled. <laughs> How do you become more unequal? I'm not entirely sure. It's also one Does that mean that your face becomes more symmetrical? <laughs> <laughs> the um, balances oh, are addressed. Also, the pudding of James sounds like a Bible story. <laughs> the, the pudding of James. It was. It was an excellent parable. It was about James giving away pudding. Exodus 2.6, the pudding of James. The, the pudding that fed <laughs> two million people. There's another one here, an evil plan, um, someone who wanted to take over the world. Right. Okay. Um, even their name has been filled in. And it it doesn't mean take over the world anymore because take, take over and world have been changed. So, <laughs> right. Here we so go. Is, this, is this from an actual plan someone drew up in order to take over the world? Yes. Okay. Well, it's more of like a, um, a you could call it a monologue or a, an announcement you'd have to your, <laughs> your little state. <laughs> right. Excuse me, can, can anyone looking to take over the world please come to our number six, please? I am Dr. Fascinated. I am destined to frolic the church. <laughs> Unfortunately, the church is full of a, bi- a bunch of big pizzas that do not agree. So this is my disturbing plan to take over the church. I'm ready. To start with, I'll need to build my normal hideout in an abandoned electronic arts complex in the middle of a cave. <laughs> it will have 6,131 underground floors and only minus four floors above ground. All the families will open inexpertly and address me as the great and new Dr. Fascinated. (laughs) I will also have several rooms designed for instituting and processing anyone who tries to escort me. That is, after I have clamoured the full extent of my disturbing plan to them. Okay, right. Next, I will hire some solderers to (laughs) to design the Animal Buster, a machine designed to trigger huge parties wherever I want it to. (laughs) And if they don't want to build it, I will capture their strings and threaten to make them eat beans for hours on end. Once it's built, I will have it exhibited along the San Andreas Fault. Gurgle, 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 gurgle. Obviously, you integrate. I can hold the governor of Telford, Diane Keaton, against the threat of curbing half of the city into the ocean. Governor of Telford. And once I have control of Telford, I will dampen the industry into promoting my right to frolic the church. And will abandon all will, and abandon all who will succumb to my risk and insanity. These are just random words that people. Apart from Telford, I admit I put Telford in there. Oh, oh, that's oh just... that that would have been an incredible coincidence. <laughs> yeah, but it gave me when when I put it randomly, it gave me something that wasn't a city, even though I asked it to. So what did it give you? It gave me something like um, India. I was like, that's not a city. Hmm? Oh, I was saying it was sort of a location, yeah. and instead it gave you like an, an entire, entire country. Yeah. Um, there's one as well that has all three of us in. Oh, but in the, we, what we're, coincidence? We're, we're taking um, parts in the Rush Hour Three plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've always dreamt of that. Three point five billion years after the end of Rush Hour Two, James Bosson is no longer a remedial teacher, but a corporate a corporative executive officer on the streets of Singshao. Ah, uh, Jordan is now the bodyguard for his friend Robbie Owen. Oh yeah. Jordan is still upset with James about an incident in Telford where James accidentally shot Jordan's girlfriend, Cement Mason, <laughs> Justin Cement Bieber, Mason. in the armpit. 
During the World Criminal Court discussions, as Robbie Owen addresses the importance to fight the triad, he announces that he knows <laughs> the Scottish with the triad leadership, known as the Shy Shen. The sh- yep. Suddenly, Robbie Owen takes a cotton in the stomach, disrupting the conference. <laughs> Jordan pursues the assassin and corners him, discovering that the assassin is his brother, Miley Cyrus. Oh. When Jordan hesitates to shoot Miley Cyrus, James showing, shows up, refuting towards the two and enthrallingly vouches Jordan over, allowing Miley Cyrus to escape. I'm going to vouch you so hard. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> How do you vouch someone so hard? And yeah, those are mad libs. That, that they, was they were the, very good. Yeah, I was addressing a conference at which uh, the, the governor of Telford, Diane Keaton, <laughs> was in attendance. Is that what she's doing with herself these days? Yeah. Telford, she's, she's made a position as the governor of Telford. <laughs> that was the only true part. <laughs> Wait, what? No, she's not actually. Doing <laughs> oh, all right. Wait, if Annie Hall herself moved in and took over your town. God, that would have been an incredible thing to unveil on the show. And we can announce tonight the new governor of Telford. Diane Keaton. She wasn't the Godfather. She may have. She may know exactly how to take over. I don't know, like <laughs> towns. What? Because she was briefly in the Godfather. She was in quite a bit. She was in a solid. She has a solid, perhaps twelve minutes of screen time in the Godfather. Yeah, but you realise how long the Godfather is, and then chalk that up to yeah. a percentage. Yeah, not point two percent of the Godfather. She was in Annie Hall. <laughs> if anyone gives you experience of how to take over cities, it's it's a film in which Woody Allen is a bit oh, narcotic sorry, and Jewish. I, I thought you were going to say a bit narcotic and Jewish. I thought you were going to go into if anyone was going to give you experience as to how to take over cities. Woody Allen could. Is that, is that, does, does Woody Allen do those he things? He in, takes over cities alongside in, doing stuff to his name? She was in Manhattan, which is the name of a city, um, as well as being a film. Oh. So you can say she claimed that city because she was stole she the, the film. Was she the one who was also in... Oh, she was. She was in like an awful, awful she lot of Woody was Allen's films. In six Woody Allen films, I think. Mia Farrow was in twelve, I believe. Good no, it might be more because they were married for a bit, and so he just cast her in. Uh, but most of the ones with Mia Farrow in aren't as good as the ones with Diane Keaton in. Did they not um, have the uh, the chemistry? Not really. Um, mm. Scarlett Johansson was in Free. Um, there, that was the start of her career. Um, yeah, I could keep going, just listening Woody <laughs> Allen trivia, but I won't. <laughs> and if yeah. you'd like to keep listening to Robbie Owen's uh, Woody Allen Trivia Hour, that'll be on after we're finished up here. I can do the entire opening speech from um, Annie Hall by heart. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to do that on air. But if you want to tune in for the bonus podcast, uh, bonus <laughs> edition. The bonus podcast. Which is me. You res- just recounting script moments yeah, from. That I, um, I'll do. I'll chuck in as a special bonus um, the monologue from Hamlet as well. Ha ha ha, that sure is funny. Okay, so I'm assuming, I wanted to do this last week when it was more topical, but I'm assuming we've all seen the Star Wars Episode 7 trailer. We certainly have. What did you think of the trailer? I thought, I have mixed, I don't know. Consider me, however, damn excited. It's looking pretty tasty. I'm excited, I just don't know yet. So I saw the trailer, I thought, wow, now there's a film I'm excited for. And here are seven reasons why I'm excited for that film. Okay. Okay, number one, the trailer. Yes. Uh, Oh boy, the trailer. Isn't it good? No, the the opening voiceover made me grin so wide and just sort of scream, yes, to myself. I watched it like moments after waking up. I sort of woke and went, oh, the the trailer's out. I should 
watch it and it was it, it, it made my day already in the opening moments <laughs> uh, there was a part of me that was thinking though do i want to spoil it do i want to go in knowing nothing but no i gave in because i was so excited you um, killed number two it looks funnier than the previous six films um can, sort of whereas where that based on that trailer whereas whereas humor was sort of an occasional bit of relief in the previous moments this one looks like sort of more of a, a laugh riot if you will it looks hilarious. You know when people say like it's a laugh riot. Yeah. How how do they play out? How how does a laugh riot take form? How is it structured? Because I imagine like people like just giggling as someone's firebombing like a Vauxhall. <laughs> no, I don't know like, any Vauxhall like, guys. You know rubbishy female superheroes who their power is screaming. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Oh yeah. It's I like know. that. I imagine they just laugh at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I've straight up turned your mic off then. You see, when I laughed, I turned away. Even yours was loud over. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, number three. Uh, third reason why I'm looking forward to this film. Uh, cinematography. Okay. I know it's a dull topic, but it looks amazing. Um, so the neon signage on the posters and the trailers and the way it's shot. And so the shots of the, the sky as much as anything. Um, it, it just looks fantastic. Sort of the crisp, sandy feel. Um, crisp, sandy crisp, feel. Crisp, sandy feel. Crisp, sandy feel. Not not crisp sandwichy feel. I once knew a girl called Sandy Feel. Sandy Field. Sally Field. Sandy Feel. Sally Field, the actress, the Oscar winning actress. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school with her. Number four. Uh, the the the, so the the way the thing moves, so the huge shots of scenery, shot on location, and the 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 thrilling tracking shots. It's it, it's. I'm reading this off a piece of paper. It's postcard cinema done right. Post con. Postcard. Oh, postcard, postcard cinema oh, done right. right. Okay. Uh, number five, the cast. It's got a phenomenal cast, uh, led by the ever brilliant Joaquin Phoenix. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what is he? Number six. No, he isn't. Number six. What? I've loved all of Paul Whoa! Thomas Anderson's previous work so far. I think he's the greatest living director alive. He's the greatest oh, actor. Oh, I see what's happening. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, number seven. That I'm, I'm just looking forward to walking up to the counter in my local world of Cine and asking for a ticket. I, I think it's got a great title. I'm just looking forward to saying, want to see Inherent Vice, please. I'm so excited. I'm... The joke there was I asked at the beginning, uh, have you seen the Star Wars Episode 7 trailer? And then just referred to it as the film throughout the re- when I rested the reasons, because I'm actually looking forward to Inherent Vice a lot. Uh, and that's out on the 30th of January, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm straight up leaving. Robbie's not sponsored, by the way. I am done. No, I, I just... I am done. James is leaving I the studio. I am done. <laughs> He's actually done, meaning this will now just be... Uh, the remaining 20 minutes will be me talking about... How, inherent how Vice and how much... You, it, You've seen the trailer. I have seen Doesn't the trailer. Doesn't it look brilliant, though? It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty I good. think there's, it's got that terrible actress in it. What's her name? Um, Reese Witherspoon. Greg Erwick. She, she's not in it. She, she's not in it, mate. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of the one with Al Pacino. That's, Which that's one's the one with Her- Inherent? Um, oh, the yeah, humbling. that one. That one. Yeah. Inherent- sorry, I got those confused for a second. There's been a lot of confusion today. Inherent Vice stars Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon is sort of has a Yeah, yeah I know the one Owen you mean Owen Wilson, now. Josh Brolin. Basically, everyone alive. Is everyone it, alive who has ever been in a, a film. Yeah. Ever. All in it. Uh, unfortunately, not Philip Seymour Hoffman has been in all of Paul Thomas Anderson films up to date because he's not part of that living alive section that you said there. Um, that's his second mention today. Um, I do miss you, Philip Seymour Hoffman. If you're um, listening, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I'm impressed because you're a bit, well, dead. 
So something pretty miraculous happened last Saturday. Oh. Wales finally beat one of the big seven hemisphere teams, and I, I was quite happy about it. When, Cracking job, Wales. Yep. Uh, we haven't beaten Australia, South Africa, or New Zealand since 2006, 2008. Oh, that's a terrible track record. That was, that was the, under Warren Gatlin, who's the current coach, it was one in 28 games going into this, and we finally beat South Africa. You should just wow. stop trying. Yeah. But we finally did it. Uh, the, the really annoying thing about that was, though, we had a habit of losing in the last 10 minutes. Right. So on, I think it was of those 27 games, I think of, um, I think it was 16 of them or something ridiculous, we were leading with 15 minutes to play. I'll be honest. inside the last 15 minutes. None of this is making any sense or Which going in. Which is why this is going to be a hilarious feature now. Oh, brilliant. So what I've got here, I've got, if you can both take pay attention to the monitors in front of you. Okay. I'm going to show you three classic rugby tries. And I classic. want you, in celebration of this, to commentate on the game. Um, <clears throat> the first try was scored by Shane Williams, uh, who is one of the all-time great Welsh players, uh, who's number 11 for the benefit of this. Um, I, I, I would print out team sheets, but I didn't do that. So you, right. if you want to make up names for the Welsh and Australian players. Okay. So Wales right. in red, Australia are in yellow or gold. Uh, this was the last time Wales beat one of the big summer hemisphere teams. Right. So, okay. so what, what's happening? We're just going to try and provide commentary on yes. this. Yes. Wow. One, of, one of you take the sort of the lead role and the other one can do the analysis uh, and then we can switch for the next one. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, do, do you want to, um, or do you want me to lead... And then you you can do some analysis. What's the is the analysis? So at the end? You're, you're either you can do the analysis and then you sort of chip in saying, "Oh, that's a great pass." Or you can oh, add I'll, in. I'll do the analysis can, for this one. You can then add in right, as yeah. well, like saying, "Okay, such and such that happened." Right, yeah, okay. okay. As it's happening, okay. It's worth mentioning. Obviously, neither me nor Jordan know a thing about rugby. I don't so, think. I know they you... do it with a ball that's shaped <laughs> like. I I think that feet are sometimes involved. Okay, so are we ready? This is Wales okay. Australia. It's currently nil nil. Two minutes have been played. Okay. Oh, oh, and they're running around the pitch. He's, he's got it. He's got a ball. He's got it. He's passed it to another man. What's happened? Oh, he's fallen over. They're all diving on him like cannibals at a bonfire. What's <laughs> happening? Another one's fallen over. The entire Welsh team proving their innate inability to stand up. Passing the ball. Running forward. Oh, he's made a bit of ground, but the man in the yellow's got him. What's... What's happening, Jordan? Give us some analysis. Well, James, it seems that Owen Kildethy has got the ball and he's running straight down the middle like a madman possessed by Look demons. At that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Look at this. And Sorry. he's passed it along to Simon Richards, storming away down the pitch. Oh, and all of the yellow people are diving on him, just like what happened in Vietnam. What's happening now? <laughs> I can't say that. Oh, and he's, oh, he's done it. He's got it to the end. He, he made a touchdown. Good job, um, Shane Williams. <laughs> that was his uh, 44th try in the, in the something. I, I missed the thing at the in bottom. His international career. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Fantastic stuff. Um, I think we can all agree, excellent game. This, is this the, the Barbarians versus Ooh. the Old West? Moving on, this is regarded as the greatest try in the history of the sport of rugby union. Oh, right. I'll commentate the, the... Okay, so Jordan, yeah, you want to lead the commentary out here? Uh, this was a game in 1973 between New Zealand, the All Blacks, and the Barbarians, which is a sort of invitational team made up of the most exciting players in the world. They send invitations out to them. Okay, so it's mostly made up of sort of the Welsh, English, and Irish teams at this moment, and a couple of Scots um, and other people from abroad, whatever. Okay, I'm going to click play now, and we can get going. So this is the Barbarians against the All Blacks in 1973. Okay. 
That's a logo. That's the that home of schoolboy rugby. Here we are. And we've got the Barbarians. He's holding the ball. He's throwing the ball. I think it's called a line-in. The All Blacks are all in black. Oh, the and they've dropped the ball. Striped like socks. Oh, wow. And he's kicking it. He's kicked it forwards. He's kicked it across the pitch. And now a Barbarian's got hold of the ball. Smelly nostrils, McFarr. <laughs> and it's taken to the New Zealand player, Maori Jeff. Maori Jeff is straight down the middle. He's rolling on the floor like a cannonball. The second time Maori Jeff has held the ball since his divorce was filed this August. <laughs> <laughs> the Barbarians have once again, they're running after the ball. Oh, and, and the black, the, the all blacks are all over them. But that. They're, they're the all blacks and they're all in black and they're all over them. I really have no idea what's going on. The barbarian running down the side of the pitch. Oh, like he's his straight. Oh. oh, they've still got the ball. They're still running. He's running. His mullet is flowing out behind him like, oh, and that's a beautiful t- try. And down it goes. Down it goes like, the, I can't say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something terrible. Have, have we got another one? So that, that was regarded as the one of the greatest tries of all time, as Gareth Edwards. It looks pretty that. good. I just saw Majesty. Uh, this was voted the try of the year in international rugby. Uh, scored by Francois Hougar um, <laughs> for South Africa. Francois against, Hougar. Against New Zealand again. Clearly, to say they're the best team in the world, they seem to concede a lot of tries going by this. Okay, so are we ready? So who's going to take the lead then? You've had a go at it. Go on, Jim. Or you um, can would you, split would you it like, between you. I, I can take the lead take for the this lead. one. I'll, I'll analyse. Okay, this is South Africa against New Zealand this year. Uh, this was in July. Oh, and he's passing the ball. He's storming up. Oh, look at him using his legs just think... like a bipedal humanoid would. The referee <laughs> just tackled him there, I think. The referee bringing him down. He kicked it. He kicked it. You can't do that in this sport. He's very aerodynamic without he's any passed of that it hair. To Alan Davis. Alan Davis running. <laughs> Alan Partridge on the ball now. Charging down the pitch. He, he leaped through the air like a gazelle that had been hit with a 12 gauge buckshot Remington. Oh, <laughs> flying apart. Oh, what's happening? It's descended into barbarism. The players, all of them biting and tearing the flesh from each other, ripping away at the seams. That is a nice bit of cannibalism there, It's James. madness. It's chaos. The rugby world will never recover. <laughs> and there we go. That, that was a good, good, good bit of ruggers. That was, that was the, the best try of the year. Excellent bit of rugby. I think what I'll do, actually, is I'll, I'll post... I'll, I'll paste your commentary in on top of the video and, <laughs> and post them on YouTube and you can see them on our Facebook social media stuff. That, that I think I might be, do that. That could be... That will be terrifying and also pretty good. But Robbie, how would you say that, given that we know nothing about rugby, how would you say we did as commentators? I feel the way you predicted the cannibalism in that game was pretty good. That didn't actually occur till uh, about the 61st minute. Yeah. So you did a pretty good job there. You were ahead of the game. We are pretty good at stuff like that. Mm, pretty yeah. pretty good at predicting cannibalism. That's also <laughs> going to be my, my debut album title. Predicting cannibalism. Predicting cannibalism. Alright mate, it's me, Dave! You know Dave, from Down Pub! Yeah, it's me Dave, right okay. All I'm gonna say lad is, verbal discharge right? Verbal discharge! Whee! 
Mans needs there. What do these mans need? They need to get off the show because our slot is almost up. We're coming up to seven and that means it's time for us to recede into the ethereal void of nowhere from whence we came. Otherwise known as Derby. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Really, really promoting the best side of the city in which we reside. Is that how you describe Derby? An ethereal void of nowhere? Yeah. It's in the middle of... <laughs> it's in the Midlands. It's in the I mean, Midlands. On a scale, on the sort of ethereal void of nowhere scale between one and Hull, I think it ranks <laughs> at about seven. What? Where would Skull? 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 Skull, skull. skull yeah, Island find would be home of, of King Kong. Are you skull not Island. aware of uh, Skull Bay in Falmouth? Skull Bay? Yeah, yeah. Is that where King Kong's from? Skull Bay, yeah. I'm just going to keep saying it, this joke. It, it's a I holiday it resort now. Into the ground. You go along and say, oh, come and see the King Kong. Come on in. And you get, and you get on a tour <laughs> bus. What was and, that accent? Do you want to try to... The guy driving the tour bus, he's, he sits in the buggy and he just looks furious and he smokes cigars the entire time. He's like, oh, they come over here to my island, to my... I don't know what voice this is. They come going. see my King Kong, but he's never here. He's always oh. off doing... Pulling the De Niro face I, while you're doing it. I came to see the Kong Kong... I do not see mm. the King Kong. I am now going to go home and wear a stripy black and white jumper. Given, and it shall be nice. Given how this show has gone, I feel we should stay. We, we, we don't hate the French people that much. No. There's been a lot of anti-French sentiment on this I, show. I am not anti-French. I am very pro-French. I feel the French are a pretty fantastic race of people. I particularly like the way they eat garlic and they like foreign language films in French that are about existentialism and old people euthanizing each other. Your French accent just kind of veers off into Dutch after a <laughs> my, my French accent is more of like a tour of Europe. That's it's the cheapest way of doing it. You can buy a plane ticket for several thousand pounds, or you can just listen to me go, oh, wee oui, wee, oui, I am the Germans. Exactly. I have the Germans. I, am, I have the Germans, or I, I am the Germans. I, I, I have, have the Germans. I am... <laughs> I am the plural Germans. I am all of the Germans. I am omni-German. Um, also, speaking of all the Germans, cheers, German yeah. listeners. Who's yeah, stopped thanks. listening to us? He's the German he man stops listening to us. Our first three shows. We've now, of course, put out five on the podcast, which is, of course, now available on iTunes. Yeah. It has been for a couple of weeks, but I'm just going to keep plugging that. See, it's because we weren't appealing to the German markets. Yeah. By the, Ger- like the one in Birmingham. <laughs> and Nottingham. The one in, there was one in Manchester as well. God, does everywhere have a German market? Do you remember last year when we went to Nottingham around Christmas and I ate a bit of a kangaroo? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. That. True story, true story. But, um, yeah, we've just passed seven, so it's time for us to leave and escape. Uh, thanks very much for listening. If you have listened, presumably you have. I mean, you're listening to this now. And, and thank you very unless much. Unless you, you're not. Unless you haven't, in which case, I'm impressed and I'd like you to write in on our Facebook page, Verbal Discharge, and on Twitter at Verbdis Radio to inform us just how you managed to not listen. Jordan, final word of the show Falmouth. That was a discharge. Ugh. <sighs>
And for those of you that thought I'd forgotten, there's an old joke. Two elderly women at a Catskills Mountain Resort, when one of them says, Boy, the food of this place really is terrible. And the other says, I know, on such small portions. Well, that's the key joke for me. No, that's, sorry, okay, that went badly. Uh, I can still recite, I'm going to keep going, since this is your bonus podcast extra. Well, that's essentially how I feel about life. Full of loneliness and misery and suffering and and unhappiness. And it's all over, much too quickly. The other important joke for me, uh, and it's one that's usually attributed to Groucho Marx, but I think it originally comes from Freud in relation to his research on the subconscious. And that goes, and I'm paraphrasing, I would never want to be a member of any club that would have someone like me for a member. That's the key joke with relation to my adult relationships with women. You know, lately the strangest things have been going through my mind. Because uh, I, I, I turned 40 and I guess I'm going through a midlife crisis or something. I don't know. I, I'm i not worried about ageing. I'm not one of those characters, you know. Although I, I, I'm slightly balding on top. That's the worst you can say about me. I, I think I'm going to get better as I get older, you know. I think I'm going to be the balding virtue... You know, as opposed to the uh, distinguished grey, for instance, you know. Uh, then, then I forget what I'm doing. Um, oh, unless, I, unless I'm neither of those two, unless I'm one of those guys with saliva dribbling out of his mouth as he wanders in the cafeteria with his shopping bag, screaming about socialism. And then he goes on and he's all Annie and I broke up, uh, and he gets into the plot rather than just a bonus little extra I can shove on the end of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. <laughs>